It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black. A rich, smooth, and truly delicious chocolate experience. Welcome back to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. We have a very good episode for you today. We're going to be talking about sex. Sex in the pandemic real life sex as opposed to porn hub sex, the kind of sex people are actually having with partners of the opposite sex, the same sex or by themselves. I'm basically just trying to see how many times I can say sex in this introduction. Hi, mum. Glad you're listening. Uh, we're going to be talking to a one woman dynamo called Cindy Gallup, who lives in a penthouse apartment in New York and who is trying to revolutionise the way we talk about sex and in doing so, change the world. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. But they should, because in bed, values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. And so this is my vision for the world. But before Cindy, I wanted to mention the stunning bravery of the women in County Tipperary and their aunt, who we saw this week after their father, James Riley, who is uh, 75, was jailed for 20 years for raping and sexually abusing his sister and his seven daughters over more than two decades. The courage it took for them to speak out, the bravery, the strength, the power. Well, we on the Women's Podcast bow down to them and we know that their plea to other women to speak out about their abuse is going to have far-reaching and positive consequences. So first of all, I wanted to applaud them um, and just say what forces of nature they are and we wish them all the best in continuing their lives after this ordeal. Now, since the sentencing, several traveller groups and abuse survivor organisations have called for a review of the state's response to the case where eight women were abused and raped over a 23-year period. James O'Reilly of Bally Nanti Thurlis County Tipperary was convicted of 58 counts of rape and nine counts of sexual assault. And in a statement, the women asked, quite rightly, if the abuse would have been allowed to continue for so long if the women came from settled families. They were vulnerable, 
traveller children forced to live on the edges of Irish society, already looked down on, discriminated against and denied their basic human rights. Does this denial of their rights also extend to their right to protection as children? How could schools, social workers, medical professionals and others who have a so-called duty of care turn their back time after time as the evidence was hitting them in the face. And that's what the statement said. Now, since then, Cleana Sadler, Executive Director of the Rape Crisis Network, said the organisation supported the call for an inquiry, uh, said there needed to be an independent review to examine if a system bias had led to the failure in the state response. And also someone who's been on this podcast before, Dr Cindy Joyce, a sociologist and member of the traveller community, echoed the call for an inquiry and she said, we need to look at how this was allowed to happen. Who knew and did nothing about it? We echo those thoughts and we wanted to say we stand with those women and we'll be keeping an eye out for any developments. And while we're in the business of applauding people, three cheers for the 39 incredible Irish female artists and musicians who have teamed up to release a cover of the iconic Cranberries hit Dreams to support all of those affected by domestic abuse in Ireland. And as we've talked about on this podcast, those figures have gone up. There are more women than ever during the pandemic um, afraid for their safety at this time. So all proceeds to this uh, record will go to Safe Ireland, the agency working to end domestic abuse and coercive control in Ireland. And the single is going to be released this very day, Thursday, June 18th at 7pm. The cover of Dreams features a lineup of some brilliantly talented Irish female artists. We've got Melda May, Tolu Mackay, Leisha and Sule and loads more. So if you can support that initiative, please do so. And we also want to announce our next big night in. Our next big Zoom event is happening this Saturday and it is with the wonderful creative artist and performer, Alwyn Fuere. And we just really hope you'll join us for that. Um, And if you want to, go to our Instagram at IT Women's Podcast and tell us why you'd like to join or just follow us or tag us. Uh, We're going to have a great night this, this Saturday. She really is a wonderful person. Now, Cindy Gallup. She's a former ad agency executive and public speaker. But more importantly, she is the woman who started a website designed to sexually re-educate, rehabilitate and reorient a younger generation raised on porn. And this was after she started dating men much younger than her and was disturbed by their sexual proclivities. The name of the site that she runs is MakeLoveNotPorn.com. She is the same Cindy Gallup who stood up at a TED talk in 2009 and, among other things, said this. Actually, no, thank you very much. I would much rather you didn't come on my face. If content of a sexual nature is not something you want to listen to right now, perhaps there are children in the room or other people sensitive, then it might be best to listen to this on your own maybe in bed or with an interested party. Otherwise, we really hope you enjoy this chat with Cindy Gallup, who joined us from her very swanky apartment in Manhattan. Cindy, some businesses are flying in this pandemic and Make Love Not Porn is one of them. Tell us about it. Sure, Rasheen. So um, just for your listeners who may not know Make Love Not Porn, um, we are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. So we are the world's first and only um, user-generated, human-curated, 
social sex video sharing platform. So it kind of what Facebook would be if Facebook allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which it sadly doesn't. We are socializing and normalizing sex, making it easier for everyone to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. We call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part is not the sex, it's the social. And I am thrilled that, um, you know, in these, what are obviously very tough and challenging times for everybody, Make Love Not Porn is indeed thriving and in ways that can actually and are actually helping people. So we've observed a number of things. Um, the, the, the first is just at a very fundamental level. And, and what's interesting about this, Rasheen, is that for, for, for literally decades, we've been hearing the future's digital, you know, the future's technology, virtual this and augmented reality that. Boy, oh boy, has the pandemic ever proven that what we are all desperate for on the other side of this is human touch, love, connection, intimacy, IRL. You know, um, literally, and I'm sure you've seen this on your social channels as well, people are saying things like, I would kill for a hug. You know, that little physical gesture we thought nothing of just a few months ago, you know, now we can't have it. So so, so obviously, you know, um, everybody is now at home globally and Make Love Not Porn is a global platform. We get plenty of traffic from Ireland. So everyone's at home globally. Everybody is desperate for love and human connection. Um, everybody um, is, and, and here's the really interesting thing we're observing. Um, because we're all at home doing what you do at home, people are absolutely getting more relaxed about being um, open and acknowledging of sex and sexuality and sexual lives and you know activity and so on, which, which is terrific. Um, obviously, people have plenty more time on their hands to become make love, not porn stars, which is what we call our contributors. And something I'm really, really pleased about is, so, you know, um, I designed years ago, I designed Make Love Not Porn's revenue sharing business model to democratize access to income. So back when we launched, um, I mean, Make Love Not Porn actually started 11 years ago with my TED Talk in its original porn world versus real world iteration. But we launched as a business um, nearly eight years ago now. And when we launched, I wrote a blog post about our revenue sharing model. And I titled the blog post, How Make Love Not Porn Can Help the Global Economy. And I began it by saying, you know, all those little scam ads that pop up on the internet all the time going, make $2,000 a week working from home. Well, now you can. And so the wonderful thing um, we are finding is that obviously amongst our amazing Make Love Not Porn Star community are plenty of people who have now lost jobs, you know, struggle to find work like, like everybody is. But our Make Love Not Porn stars are writing to us saying that our monthly payouts, because again, for your audience, the way it works is our members pay to subscribe, rent and stream social sex videos. Half that income goes to our Make Love Not Porn stars. And they are writing and telling us that, you know, one couple have both lost their jobs and, and wrote to say, thank you so much for allowing us to be part of this community because you know, we are able to survive for the time being on the payouts that, that, that we're getting. Um, another Make Love Not Porn star wrote to us that they also couldn't find work. So they decided that they're American, they're over here. They decided to quarantine by camping out. Um, they have a camper van, you know, they're in the desert somewhere. They're anonymous. We don't know where exactly. But but they, they are submitting these wonderful outdoor real world sex videos. 
and, and, and they wrote to us, um, you know, they said, you know, I never thought this would be the case, but I realized I'm able to survive. I mean, my costs are very low camping out, but I'm, I'm able to survive just on what I make for Make Love Not Porn. That has so relaxed me. I'm not stressed out. I know I can make it through, you know, and they said, honestly, you know, that they wrote this, you know, under their video, you know, thank you so much, everybody. You know, I'm so grateful to the entire Make Love Not Porn community. So, so, so that, that is just wonderful. And, and the important thing too in all of this, um, Rasheen, is that because obviously, um, and there's been lots of coverage of this, because so many people are financially challenged, people are turning to sex work. Uh, and by the way, one of our objectives as Make Love Not Born, socializing sex, is one day we would love to see sex work be as natural a career choice as doctor, lawyer, accountant, not stigmatized, you know, sex workers should be able to make that choice, use their own names. Um, but in the meantime, um, there are obviously a ton of people flooding to sites like OnlyFans um, because they need to do something to make money. And um, I have to tell you that that is not a good choice for anybody who is not a professional sex worker and who thinks it is a quick, easy, low risk way to make money. Can you explain quickly about OnlyFans, just for people who don't know? So people who are not familiar, OnlyFans is a platform that was set up a number of years ago, actually um, to enable fans to support, um, you know, whoever um, that they're a fan of. And, and, and it was created for anybody in any field of endeavour. But actually, um, sex workers have found it enormously useful Um to um, create income streams at a time when, you know, the flood of free content online has destroyed the porn industries with small. Um, and there's been a lot of publicity recently about the fact that with, um, you know, the, the recession the pandemic has brought, um, that a lot of um, what, you know, um, the professionals call civilians have flooded, um, you know, cam sites, OnlyFans. And, and the thing is that, um, I'm going to make a bigger point here, because the young white male founders of the giant tech platforms that dominate all our lives today are not the primary targets, both online and offline, of harassment, abuse, sexual assault, violence, rape, revenge, porn. Therefore, they did not and they do not proactively design for any of those things. Those of us who are most at risk every day, women, black people, people of color, LGBTQ, the disabled, we design safe spaces and safe experiences. I and my team spent literally years concepting and designing Make Love Not Porn before we ever built it, because we knew that if we were going to invite people to do something they've never done before, socially share their real world sex, we had to think through every possible ramification of that to create a completely safe and trustworthy space. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we operate not just unlike anybody else in the adult sphere, but unlike anybody else on the internet period. And so we are a safe space to come and share your real world sex. And by the way, Rasheen, you know, the reason we operate a rent and stream model, not a download and own, is because our commitment to our Make Love Not Porn Stars is the moment anything changes, you know, your relationship, your life, your circumstances, even just your mind, you tell us we will take your videos down immediately. They're nowhere else, they're gone forever. We might publish your video one day. You can change your mind overnight. We will take it down the next. No one else does that. 
Plus, very importantly, I designed Make Love Not Porn around what every other tech platform should have been designed around, human curation. Our curators watch every single video submitted from beginning to end before we, we decide to publish it. We do that just to make sure it's real, by the way. Um, we require full identifying details for every participant. You can't complete our submissions process unless your video is fully consensual, legal, everyone's over 18. You know, and so if you, know, you are at a point where you are thinking, I'd like to dip my toe in the water, you know, quite fancy becoming a Make Love Not Porn star, we are absolutely a safe space in which to do that. That's amazing. So just tell me about the pandemic and what you've noticed, because you now have, I mean, I suppose compared to the likes of Pornhub, it's it's a drop in the ocean, right? I mean, we're they're talking about millions of downloads a day. You are up to 4,000 a day now, and that's a big increase, is it? And, and actually, it's even more now. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, because, um, so, and, and bear in mind, again, for your audience's information, um, so we fight a battle every single day to keep this business alive. Every piece of business infrastructure, other tech startups get to take for granted. We can't. The small print always says no adult content. And that operates across every area of the business, mm. including we have struggled, you know, um, for the 11 years that, that I've been trying to raise funding with finding investors. Our biggest obstacle raising funding is the social dynamic that I call fear of what other people will think. Because it's never about what the person I'm talking to thinks. When you understand what we're doing at Make Love Not Porn and why we're doing it, nobody can argue with it. The business case is clear. It's always their fear of what they think other people will think, which operates around sex, unlike any other area. So we don't have the funds to promote ourselves. You know, our growth is entirely organic. People discover us. And so, you know, with the pandemic, even not being able to promote ourselves, and imagine, you know, what we could do if we could promote ourselves. You know, um, we found traffic, revenue, and submissions increasing. Our submissions flow has doubled, by the way, um, in the pandemic. Um, our traffic yeah, grew organically from 3,000 visitors a day to 4,000. But that was before the Sunday Times in the UK, two weekends ago, ran an article about, and, you know, and, and now we're averaging, you know, five, 6,000 visitors. I mean, I mean, actually, we instantly rocketed to, I think, that day we got 23,000 visitors in, in one go. You know, um, to, um, and and what's interesting is, um, it, so I thought that was a great Sunday. Okay, it was fantastic. I went to bed. I woke up on Monday morning. Somebody in South Korea had picked up um, the Sunday Times story, and South Korea was suddenly number one in traffic with fifty four percent of all our traffic. Um, that shows you how much people want us when they find out about us. So, um, so, so yeah, but we are now seeing many more, you know, daily visitors, which is fantastic. Um, we are seeing, as I said, many more videos being submitted. And, and here's the fun thing about that, because at the same time, you know, th th there's been coverage. And, and by the way, Pornhub does a phenomenal job marketing. I mean, they are brilliant at marketing themselves. So there's been a lot of coverage about the fact that in lockdown, people are looking for quarantine porn. Okay. Uh, there was a story in the Times that everybody sent me because everyone sends me all this stuff all the time, you know, where... You know, to, and and being porn, which unlike make love not porn, is produced for porn entertainment. You know, I always say if porn is the Hollywood movie, we're the real world documentary. So in porn, there are scenarios, and so quarantine porn is, you know, ooh, um, you know, the policeman <laughs> stopped you for not wearing a mask. What are you going to do now? You know, or or or, oh or you know, or, um, or you can't pay the rent. 
the landlords come around. You know, that's quarantine porn. Now, um, on Make Love Not Porn, on Make Love Not Porn, what we are getting is quarantine social sex videos. And so, you know, our real world sex videos are basically our Make Love Not Porn stars going, here we are in lockdown. And so we have to amuse ourselves. And so we decided to, you know, do this role play exercise. And, and, and here's the other great thing about real world sex, because we are enormously reassuring, you know, because, I mean, first of all, we celebrate real world everything, real world bodies, real world Yay. Yep. real world penis size, real world breast size. Um, you know, um, you can talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love. Nothing makes you feel great about your own body. Like watching people who are no one's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, desiring each other, having a bloody amazing time in bed. Our mantra is everybody is beautiful when they're having real world sex. They really are. But 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 also what's reassuring is so, you know, um, you will get in our videos, you know, maybe a couple goes, you know, let's role play. And, and they're filming what's happening for real. You know, this is how, how they how they have sex in the real world. And halfway through, one of them will go, you know, this isn't really doing it for me. And then we'll go, yeah, I'm feeling a bit meh. You know, they'll go, should we just have sex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so what we, what, we, what we showcase is it's absolutely fine to go, actually, that looked like fun, but it's not doing it for either of us. You know. Cindy, can I ask you something about one thing that we've covered a bit on the podcast is about sex toys and the fact that they've increased in sales. Are you noticing more of your submissions featuring sex toys than usual? Um, um, yeah, but and in fact, here's what's interesting too. Um, is that, um, so our Make Love Not Porn stars tell us that socially sharing their real world sex on Make Love Not Porn has been as transformative for them and their relationships as socially sharing everything else has been for the world at large. So, so just doing this ha has an impact on you and your sex life. So, so, you know, we have a ton of solo videos, you know, men and women and trans um, and non-binary who have often for the first time ever because the vast majority of our male not porn stars had never filmed themselves doing anything sexual before ever. They're doing it for us because they believe in our social mission. Mm -hmm. So they've filmed themselves in this incredibly intimate act. They've shared it on our platform to be watched by complete strangers. They tell us that doing that made them love themselves more. It actually enhanced their sexual sense of self, their sexual self-esteem. Couples tell us this transformed their relationship. Because when you decide to film yourselves having sex, you have to talk about it. When you talk about it, doesn't matter how long you've been together, the conversation goes places it's never, ever gone before. You know, couples write and say, we thought we were open. Whoa, doing this just took it to a whole new level. And so we observe that as people share more videos on Make Love Not Porn, they get more and more open themselves. And so whether whether these are solo videos, so you're, you're masturbating with sex toys or, or, or coupled videos or, or, or throupled videos. I mean, we have threesomes and, you know, um, we are absolutely observing that just be, being able to socially share makes people feel more relaxed and more open. And for those make love not porn stars who've been with us for a while, you can actually track that sexual journey. Mm. And, and it's fun for them to go, right, okay, you know, I've got this new sex toy. No idea how this is going to play out. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put my, you know, webcam on or my, I'm going to use my phone and let's just find out, you know. And, and, and again, um, you know, with us, because this is the window into how people have sex in the real world, you get the warts and all documentary version whoops you know oh my god what does this bit do <laughs> that, oh whoa <laughs> so um, and, and in fact um this is why um we're very keen to partner 
with sex toy companies because um, one of the reasons I concepted Make Love Not Porn is the number one reason that people go to YouTube is how-to videos. It far outstrips the number two reason, which is entertainment. First and foremost, people go to YouTube to watch how-to videos on anything and everything. I conceived Make Love Not Porn to be the global go-to hub for how-to videos on anything and everything to do with real-world sex. And so that offers opportunities for product demonstration, the way those products never get to be demonstrated. Mm -hmm. And again, in the real world. So, so actually, um, some years back, we did a collaboration with, with the media platform Refinery29, where they um, identified, you know, I think the readers voted on their top 10 sex stories, uh, top five sex stories. And then we put the call out to our community and we asked volunteers to road test these and, and, and video themselves, you know, um, real world, first time, all the accidents, all the awkwardness, whatever. <laughs> and, and that was wildly successful. You know, I remember one woman writing to us and she said, you know, um, thank you so much for doing this. Please thank you, Make Love Not Porn Stars. She said, my husband and I had never, ever, you know, introduced sex toys into our sex life at all. Just the fact you did this made us feel more comfortable. And then she said, we bought the WeVibe, I think it was. And it was so helpful, you know, that the couple who actually used it, having that video to actually see, you know, exactly how you do use it to get the best results. And, and that is not something you get to see anywhere else, you know? Cindy, I want you to tell listeners about how you got into this whole caper in the first place, because it's a great story and some people might not know. But you are quite a sexually voracious woman and you uh, I'll let you continue on. I don't want to put words oh, in your mouth. Sure. No, no. And, and by the way, um, you know, no more sexually voracious than any other older woman, you know, um, because that's entirely normal. You know, um, the older you get, the hornier you get. Um, so, um, so for your viewers, um, your listeners, um, I, you know, make love not porn is a total accident. You know, I never set out consciously to do anything. I bizarrely find myself doing now. So I date younger men. Um, and um, I should explain again that I date younger men because um, I have never wanted to be married. I've never seen that as men goal. I have never wanted children, you know, adore other people's you know, blissfully happy without any of my own. Um, I don't consider myself particularly a relationship person. Um, I date younger men for sex. And I am deliberately very open about all of this because we don't have enough role models in our society for women and for men that demonstrate you can live your life very differently to the way society expects you to and still be amazingly happy. And I'm the happiest person I know. Um, and incidentally, I began dating younger men by accident, too. I didn't set out to date younger men. Um, the way that happened was, gosh, um, something like, um, this would have been 18 years ago now. Um, I, um, I, used, I used to run an ad agency here in New York. And we were asked to pitch for an online dating brand, which was coming out of the UK, wanted to launch in America. And when you pitch an advertising for a client's business, you have to experience the client's product and the entire competitive landscape. So we all had to online date. And this was 18 years ago, and none of us ever had at the agency because it wasn't a thing back then, you know. So the rest of my team were all, they were all married or they were living with or dating people. So they, they all went online as fake personas, you know, created identities. I was single. I thought, you know, I've got to do this for business reasons. Why not do it for real? Why not find out what this whole online thing is all about? So I, you know, Posted my profile on our client site, a ton of sites. I was completely honest about everything, including my age. 
Um, I got, you know, an avalanche of responses, which was very good for the ego, by the way. But much to my surprise, because I had not thought about this as a dating strategy, 75% of those responses were from younger men. And the majority of those were from much younger men. And I suddenly realized that I was every young guy's fantasy. You know, attractive other woman, high-flying career, didn't want to settle down, didn't want to get married, just wanted to have some fun, which at the time, I had just started up an advertising agency in New York in the world's toughest advertising marketplace. I was working 24-7. Fun was severely missing from my life. So I thought, gosh, I haven't thought about this, but hey, works for me. And so I've been dating younger men very happily ever since. They tend to be um, in their 20s. And, you know, and this would have been 12, 13 years ago now, I began realizing through dating younger men, that I was encountering an issue which honestly would never have crossed my mind, if I had not encountered it so very intimately and personally. I realized that I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence, because most people think it's only one thing. I realized that I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. When those two things converge, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. So I found myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral memes in bed. I went, whoa, I don't know where that's coming from. I thought, gosh, if I'm experiencing this, other people must be as well. I didn't know that because 12, 13 years ago, nobody was talking about this. No one was writing about it. This is me in complete isolation as a naturally action-oriented person going, I'm going to do something about this. So um, 11 years ago, I put up on No Money, this tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com. But in its original iteration was just words. It was porn world versus real world. Here's what happens in the porn world. Here's what really happens in the real world. Made it graphic, made it funny. Launched it at the TED conference in 2009. Became the only TED speaker to say the words, come on my face on the TED stage, six times at session. The talk went viral as a result. And it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world, young and old, male and female, straight and gay, you know, tons from Ireland, by the way. And I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. And so that was when I felt I had a personal responsibility to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far-reaching, helpful, and effective. And it's also why I saw an opportunity to do what I believe in very strongly, which is that the future of business is doing good and making money simultaneously. I saw the opportunity for a big business solution to this huge untapped global need. And I use the word big advisedly because even then, 11 years ago at concept stage, I knew if I wanted to counter the global impact of porn as default sex ed globally, I would have to come up with something that at least had the potential one day to be just as mass, just as mainstream, and just as all pervasive in our society as porn currently is. So I was thinking big right from the get-go because there was no point otherwise. And so that's how I conceived the idea of being the Facebook of social sex and why our vision is to scale um, globally 
to be as big as Facebook. And, and the reason this, this is critically important, Rasheen, is because, you know, when I say to people that our mission at Make Love Points is a very simple thing, to make it easier for every single person in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex, especially, by the way, in bed, to the people they're actually having sex with while they're actually having sex. You know. um, because we don't do that currently, people don't get how massively, profoundly transformative that would be. And this is, this is what I mean. I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own beliefs and philosophies, one of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. I don't even know what you mean. But our parents bring us up to have good manners, work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. But they should, because in bed, values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. Mm. And so this is my vision for the world. If I can get Make Love Not Porn funded to achieve this mission at scale, parents will bring their children up openly to have good sexual values and good sexual behavior. The same way they already bring them up to have good values and good behavior in every other area of life, we will therefore cease to bring up rapists. Because the only way that you end rape culture, and by the way, this really is the only way, is by inculcating in society and openly talked about, understood, promoted, and very importantly, aspired to gold standard of what constitutes good sexual values and good sexual behavior. When we do that, we also end Me Too. We end sexual harassment, abuse, violence, or areas where the perpetrators currently rely on the fact that we do not talk about sex to ensure victims never speak up, never go mm. to authorities, never tell anybody. When we end that, we massively empower women and girls worldwide. When we do that, we create a far happy world for everybody, including men. And when we mm. do that, we are one step closer to world peace. I wish you were president of America. <laughs> I talk about make love, not porn as my attempt to bring about world peace, and I'm not joking. And well, so, no, I, I can see that. And, and so what we're doing, Rasheen, could not be more important in the era of Me Too. Because right now, quite rightly, everybody is talking about consent. Everybody's writing about consent. Here's the problem. Nobody knows what consent actually looks like in bed. The only way you educate people as to what is great consensual communicative sex, good sexual and behavior, is by watching people actually having that kind of sex. And Make Love Not Porn is the only place on the internet you can do that. Every one of our videos is an object lesson in consent, communication, good sexuality behavior. We are literally education through demonstration. Cindy, because you have such massive goal, I mean, it's huge what you're talking about and, you know, getting rid of Me Too, getting rid of rape culture, all of that thing. Why are there not massive funders lining up to give you millions of money to, to make that dream come true? fear of what other people will think. And, and so, Rasheen, that is what I am hoping the pandemic is breaking down. Because Make Love Not Porn is not just a pandemic-proof venture, it's a pandemic-accelerated venture. And so, you know, I am recrafting my investor pitch right now to make that point. Because 
and, and, and here's the frustrating thing. I know my investors are out there. Okay. Um, in fact, I hope some of them are listening to this podcast right now. Um, <laughs> but, but, but here's my challenge. They are very hard to find by the usual means. Okay. Because any other founder looking for funding can at least do their research and target. You know, other founders can go, oh, so-and-so has publicly said they want to invest in my sector, clean tech, whatever it is. So-and-so has an investment portfolio that indicates very clearly their interests are aligned with what I'm doing. Nobody out there right now is putting their hand and going, bring me sex tech. And sex is the one area where you cannot tell from the outside what anybody thinks on the inside. The people you think would get it don't. The people you thought were total prudes do. And so what I have to do is I put what I'm doing out there all the time because I have to rely on those synaptic connections being made that will draw those investors to me. I know they're out there. Um, I, abs- I cannot identify them. Mm. You know, there are no visual clues. There are no business clues in their outward show. Um, the people who get what I'm doing, it all depends on the personal journey you've taken, your own sexual experiences. But when you get it, you really get it. And so I know, I'm enormously confident that if I can just have my message, have Make Love Not Born, find its way somehow to the people with the money and the assets who get it. And, and by the way, they will be angel investors, individuals. They, they will be family officers. You know, institutional mm-hmm. investors have too many stakeholders, fear of what other people think is more rife in venture capital, private equity, you know, places like that. But I, I know my investors are out there. And so I just have to keep Make Love Not Porn going until I find the right investors. And that's what I'm determined to do. Now, Cindy, and I'm sure you've had this before, people listening to you will be uh, thinking, that woman sounds so posh and you are Oxford educated and everything like that. Has there been any disconnect in your profession with your advertising work um, with people thinking, oh my God, she's going on about sex all the time. Has it caused you any issues or problems or do you just not, you obviously don't care. You're one of the people who doesn't care what other people think. No, so, 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 you know, here's the entertaining thing um, because, um, you know, it's it, the only issues that's ever caused me are, so uh, until I raise funding, um, I'm not able to pay myself a full living wage out of Make Love Not Porn, unfortunately. So I have to support myself alongside and I pay the bills through um, paid speaking and consultancy. And every so often my speaking agent tells me, you know, a speaking a speaker organizer will go, oh my God, that woman has this thing called make love not porn. And now the enormously ironic thing is I know that the corporate speaking audience would love um, what I have to say. I'm a very good speaker. You know, I'm no false modesty here on that front. <laughs> um, but fear of what other people will think means it's not the CEO going, we can't put her on our stage. It's the speaker organizers worried about what the CEO will think. Um, beyond that, I mean, in the advertising industry, absolutely not. No, I mean, you know, I still do, you know, a lot of things within the advertising industry. Um, I have to say, you know, I love the fact that um, the trade press especially been enormously supportive, covered me a lot and what I'm doing with Make Love Not Born as I try to get more brands to partner with me and fund what, what I'm doing. And, you know, I actually love the fact that I'm a living embodiment of, of my mission, which is that um, 
I've gotten more people to use the word porn in corporate environments when introducing me than than ever thought they would. And I'm normalizing that. Um, And that's important because a demonstration of how messed up we are about sex and sexuality is that we, we default sex to an act, to a thing we do. It's not, it's personality. Who we are sexually informs everything about how we feel about ourselves, other people, our relationships, our lives, our happiness. And so I'm a living demonstration of the fact that there is no firewall. And that, you know, the secret of human happiness is being able to be who you are, including being a sexual being, openly and publicly. And by the way, you know, the most obvious manifestation of that is, you know, hallelujah, we are in Pride Month right now. I'm delighted to say, as I'm sure your listeners have seen, that yesterday we had one piece of good news in amongst all the horrific events of 2020, which is that the Supreme Court, you know, voted to bring in legislation that says you cannot discriminate against anybody on the basis of of their sexuality. You know, um, and so, you know, the ability to be a whole person, to to be who you are sexually, um, when it's not just about sex, it's about you know, being able to live in the comfort of being yourself fully and freely. Um, mm-hmm. That is the secret of happiness. And so, as I say, you know, I am, I'm living and working my own values. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm delighted that I'm the embodiment of, of my mission. But Cindy, I have to say, during this pandemic, you're not able to have any sex, I'm presuming. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's so depressing. How so, are you coping? Yeah, so, um, so, um, so, you know, I'm absolutely living what, what so many people are. You know, I'm, I'm um, you know, in lockdown on my own. I have no idea when I'm ever going to have sex again. You know, obviously, I have potential partners. But, you know, the whole scenario we're in means that, you know, we are going to have to be very, very careful about who we engage with on the other side of this um, and how we approach them, what we do. And, and, you know, honestly, that is incredibly depressing. Obviously, at the moment, I am, you know, masturbating furiously, as, as I always do, by the way, not, not, nothing new about that. Um, but, 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 but again, like I said, you know, there is no substitute for human connection. You know, skin on skin, another person IRL, you know, this is what Make Love Not Porn is all about. And, and yup, um, it is, you know, it is a very depressing prospect. Um, and so, you, you know, I am absolutely living what so many people who are very pleased to have discovered Make Love Not Porn um, are, um, are living as well. You are listening to The Women's Podcast, brought to you by Green and Black's Organic Chocolate. Discover a different kind of dark. Um, listen, I have to ask you about your beautiful apartment, which our listeners can't see, but I can. And I follow you on Instagram. So I, I tend to voyeuristically follow your lovely life. You have the most stunningly beautiful apartment you call the Sky Apartment. Can you tell us a bit about it and where it is and make us all completely jealous? It's sure. it, you're like you're living the New York dream, really. Well, well no, I totally am. But actually, your, your listeners may, may benefit from how I got this because... Um, I have a very specific New York real estate philosophy, which is always go looking for what nobody else wants. Because the only way to afford a nice apartment in New York is to buy a shithole and do it up. Okay? Um, because, you know, otherwise, there's no way that, that, you know, an apartment like this is ready to move into. Forget it. So um, I, um, I pursued this strategy um, and I rate a, there's a very big real estate um, site here called Street Easy. 
So I raked street easy looking for what nobody else wanted. And I found a listing that spoke to me for two reasons. It would have had everybody else running 50 miles in opposite direction. By the way, they had. It was been on the market for eight months. No one had bought it. Reason number one, zero photographs of the apartment on the listing. I went, great, it's a shithole. Okay, clearly it's so bad, they couldn't even like cheat a tiny corner photographically looked really okay. Born out by point number two, the copy said, bring your vision and your architect. <laughs> I went, obviously, total shithole. So I called my um, real estate agent and I said, right, I want to go and see this one. So he calls the other real estate broker, makes an appointment, comes back, says, okay, Cindy, we're going to go on this day at this time. Then he said, oh, and by the way, just so you know, the other broker said to me, I hope your client has a lot of imagination. So he goes, she's got nothing but imagination, but I'm going loving these vibes. <laughs> this listening is talking my language already. So on the appointed day, we turn up at this very tall, very nondescript apartment building on Fifth Avenue at 39th Street. So it's very central in Manhattan. We meet the other broker in the lobby and she says to us, before we go up, let me just prepare you. So I'm thinking, whoopee. Okay. So this is getting better and better. Yeah. So she says, this building was built 30 years ago. The, the developer who built it built at the top of this building two penthouses. Um, pe um, they're both triplexes, three floors each, penthouse A, penthouse B. She said, we're going to go and see penthouse A. And penthouse A is lived in by a hoarder. And in turn, I went, ka-ching, jackpot. And she said, let me tell you, it was way worse when we first saw it. At least he's now cleared parts of the stuff. You can vaguely see inside the rooms. And I'm just thinking, all my Christmas has come at once. Because I'm thinking, bargain, bargain, bargain. You know. <laughs> so the broker is obviously very startled at the fact that I'm completely unfazed at hearing this. As we go up in the elevator, she says to me, people with vision come here. They lose their vision instantly. And so you've some idea of how bad it was by the fact that she was deliberately underselling every step away at the front door. So we walk into this apartment and it is piled high with stuff. Okay. You know, jam-packed everywhere. I mean, you can hardly see a thing. And behind it, the apartment has not been touched in 30 years. There are holes in the walls. The windows are covered in shit. But behind all of that, I saw amazing views. It's on the 33rd, 34th, 35th floors. You had to go outside to see them, by the way, because you couldn't see them through the windows, which were covered in shit. Um, three terraces, a huge amount of outdoor space. And I went, this is my apartment. And it was a total bargain for Manhattan because everybody else just ran screaming. Um, but it required, as you can imagine, a full-on gut renovation of everything. And that has been the last two and a half years of complete total nightmare. Um, you know, went over budget, went through three contractors. But um, first of all, I mean, hallelujah, it was completed last fall. So thank God it was completed pre-pandemic because I hate to think otherwise. And B, um, I, I am therefore lucky enough now to be in lockdown in an apartment that has light and views and outdoor space, which has made all the difference to the fact that I have not left this apartment in three months, except once a week at 8 a.m. every Sunday morning to go to the grocery store at the crack of dawn when they've just opened its clean. And, you know, because New York obviously is COVID central. You know, I'm 60. I'm in the older age group. I'm more at risk. And so I am being super cautious and, and literally, you know, not leaving the apartment except for that once a week, very quick in and out grocery run. So, um, so, so honestly, 
Rasheen, I count my blessings every day. I mean, literally every day I wake up and go, I cannot believe I'm lucky enough to live here. And, you know, as you've seen, um, you know, um, my um, my lockdown has been enormously enhanced by the addition of my inflatable paddling pool on the roof <laughs> terrace. You know, so so it gets very hot. Obviously, it's not that hot as yet. But um, you know, I I have purchased this fantastic inflatable pool which I've filled up with water. So now when it gets hot, when I'm sunbathing, I can take a dip. You know, um, we have opened the pool at the Sky Apartment, um, and 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 yeah, but I I just feel very very lucky to um, to you know. It, it, it was a very painful process um, because with a project like this, you know, where all the budget and the nightmare goes is, um, as in fact, my architect, my first apartment, the black apartment said, he said, you know, Sydney, when, when you build an apartment like this, um, 80% of the budget goes behind the walls and above the ceiling. You know, it's all, it's the plumbing and the waterproofing and the, you know, um, but, but no, now all of that's done. I feel very lucky to live. And, and if your listeners are interested, if you just Google search hashtag the Sky Apartment or search the hashtag the Sky Apartment on Facebook, you'll see photos of it. And of course, search the hashtag the Sky Apartment on Instagram and Twitter as well. If I ever get to go to New York again in my lifetime, I must come up for a cup of tea. No, darling, just come up for a cocktail. I know. I was joking about the cup of tea. Just finally, before you go, Cindy, say if there's people in lockdown now and um, their intimate life, their sex life is is stalled somehow or they're not Hmm. feeling like they, they would really like to get it going and they can't. Um, we can't do much for we can't do much for dating people because that's not possible still. It's 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 very sad. But for people in relationships in lockdown, how would you advise them in terms of just maybe some ways of getting it started again and some some tips in that direction? So um so this is for actually people both partnered in lockdown and, and solitary. Because a part of people, this is precisely why you need to start watching Make Love Not Porn together. Because, you know, we hear all the time you saved our marriage. You saved our relationship. You know, um, real world sex is way hotter, way more arousing, way more creative, innovative, surprising than porn will ever be. But also, it's enormously inspiring because people get new ideas on how to, you know, um, freshen up their sex lives from watching what other people are doing for real in a very reassuring context. And also because you know, as we hear all the time, one couple said, you know, the great thing about watching your videos, social sex videos, is it normalizes the conversation. It, it becomes just like chatting about what you watched on Netflix or the BBC. It, you, you know, um, it makes it perfectly okay to like talk about our sex life and what we want to do and, and talk to each other about things I haven't talked about before because you've normalized it. And then the interesting thing for people who are in lockdown on their own is, um, you know, I'll give an example. If you're a straight man, you've probably never ever watched other straight men masturbate. Okay, um, our our social sex videos enable you to do that, and so we hear from straight men. Um, and again, because we're social sex, there isn't that oh my god, no homo thing, which I mean is ridiculous anyway. Get over that, you know. But um, you know, one man said to us, "Oh my god, I suddenly realized I could be having so much more fun masturbating." You know, because you get to see other people's techniques, other people's tricks, how they do it. And that gives you ideas for mixing up your own masturbation style. And obviously, the same thing applies for women. You know, we have trans, non-binary, make love, not porn stars. You know, whatever your sexuality, you know, um, if you're used to your own way of self-love, you know, mix it up by checking out 
how other people are doing it as well. Um, and, and, and again, as I said, you know, we also have all these videos about how people are amusing themselves in lockdown, you know, and, and talking about we're quarantined, here's our situation, here's what we're doing, which again, give you ideas for how to spice up your own sex life, again, whether you're solo or partnered. That is brilliant advice, Cindy. Now, can you just make sure everyone knows how to find you and where to go to, to get all this wonderful stuff? Please. Absolutely. So please, everyone, go to makelovenotporn.com. Um, do sign up and subscribe to Make Love Not Porn. Our subscriptions start at $10 a month. I think that's about um, 10 euros at the moment, you know, so it's very cheap. Um, although obviously, you know, do, do subscribe for more if, if you'd like to. <laughs> oh, and I must just tell you that we do have a special offer. Oh. You can buy you can buy Cindy's birthday bundle on our site. So I turned 60 <laughs> on February 1. And so we have a special offer, $60 for 60 videos. And by the way, you can watch those videos at any point over the next 12 months. So that's um, if you want to binge watch social sex, you know, you can celebrate my, my 60th birthday with me by buying the Cindy birthday bundle. Um, and then and then you can find us, obviously, we're on Instagram at Make Love Not Porn. I'm on Instagram at Cindy Gallup. We're on Twitter at Cindy Gallup at Make Love Not Porn. Um, I'm on Facebook, Cindy.gallup. Um, we're on Facebook. Our Facebook page is actually MLNP.tv. Um, and you can follow me on LinkedIn as well. And, well, um, and I'm posting across all of those. Cindy, you've been absolutely brilliant as always. And I really hope that this after this pandemic is over, you get all the sex you can handle and all those potential partners <laughs> are out there. From your <laughs> mouth to God's ears, Rachina. <laughs> Listen, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Cindy Gallup. Make Irish love, not porn. And that's it for this episode. Thanks so much to my guest, the incomparable Cindy Gallup. And if you want to get in touch with us, do on Instagram or Twitter at IT Women's Podcast. And you can also email us on the women's podcast at irishtimes.com. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. That's all we have time for. Stay safe and thanks very much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.